Isn't the point of traveling to get away from it all, to feel the best you've ever felt? Then maybe you should check out Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. When your trip comes to an end, you won't need another vacation because you just had the vacation. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Blaze Radio Network. And now, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. Well, well, well. Kevin Spacey Fowler. Well, Kevin Spacey that you know. uh, Found not guilty of all sexual charges that he was facing in the UK trial. He faced nine sexual offense charges related to incidents reported by four men that allegedly took place between 2001 and 2013. Not guilty. It's over. Have a nice day. Does he get his life back now? I mean, holy cow. They found him not guilty with Anthony Rapp here in the U.S., They find him not guilty in London. Can we all get over Kevin Spacey now and realize, hey, you know, maybe we ought to just let him go back to doing what he was doing and creating great content for us to enjoy. Oh, wait, there's an actor strike. So he can't right now. So he's just probably going to go hang out in Barbados. You know, wherever Kevin hangs out. I don't. Last time I saw him, he was in Barbados. We hung out for a little while and I said, Kev, are you going to come back? Well, when I'm found not guilty, Jeff, I'm coming back. So that's probably where he's going to go. I don't know. I mean, it's just amazing. I, how does this guy get his life back? But I hope he does. So there you have it. Uh, breaking news today. Kevin Spacey, not guilty. Welcome. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. <laughs> So I know gas prices have gone up about, I don't know, 50 cents in the last week, at least, uh, depending on where you get gas. But uh, according to this, economic indicators are looking up. (laughs) Uh, That's funny. That's funny. According to this, U.S. consumer confidence increased to its highest level in two years while the International Monetary Fund raised its forecast for the global economy in 2023 to a healthy 3%, both measures add up to the upbeat summer vibes after numerous warnings of recession due to turmoil in banking and inflation and the fallout from Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Still, though, uh, never better. The indicators are looking up. That's great. Now, the Jeff Fisher chewing the fat economic indicators uh, would say something different. Uh, My economic indicators are, of course, if you listen to the show, you know that uh, uh, our car is broken down along the interstate. I believe that that is an economic indicator that things aren't going quite as well as people think because they're holding off fixing their cars, routine maintenance, because they can't afford it. And so it breaks down. And we see more and more cars along the interstate breaking down, which to me leads to economic indicators not looking up but again i i'm not an economist i'm I'm far from it i know that but then i see stories that india's rice export ban i didn't realize this was an issue which is kind of actually concerning india has a rice export ban and because of this ban u.s supermarkets had a panic buying run on rice i did you know i mean i didn't i I didn't go to did i go no i did not go to any box stores or anything yesterday so i wasn't run over by anyone trying to buy the uh 20 pound bag of rice at sam's club or costco but according to this the bags prices surged from 16 dollars to 50 bucks in some stores is that night price gouging oh there's a run on rice Go ahead and uh, charge more. Charge more. We need. We need. We need somebody. Uh, aisle five. Raise the price on rice. That's price gouging. Sorry. That's actual price gouging. Now I'm okay with it because supply and demand. But 
I'm just talking about they would say that's gouging. So uh, India accounts for 40% of the world rice exports. And they ordered a halt to its largest rice export category, the non-Basmati rice, uh, to calm domestic prices, sparking fears of global shortages. (laughs) So there was panic buying in rice. I mean, there were panic buying in rice. That's what they were panic buying. In Texas, Michigan, New Jersey, Alabama, Ohio, Illinois, and California. So if you're in another one, if you're not in one of those states, you're fine. Just go get your rice today. Uh, I know this show originates from Texas. I may have to fight somebody off for a 20-pound bag of rice. That might have to happen. (laughs) Some stores had hiked their price to $46.99. That would be less than the $50 earlier reported in this story. A few Desi grocery shops came up with innovative ideas to force customers to spend a minimum of $35 to $50 on other items to purchase a single rice bag. Oh, you guys got rice? Yeah, but you're going to have to buy some of that stuff over there first. Otherwise, no, sorry, can't get it. What if I just take the bag of rice? Yeah, don't make me shoot this thing, okay? Don't do it. (laughs) So, as I said, uh, economic indicators are looking good. Okay, so good news is that six people are hurt uh nobody died they didn't make it to the who died today segment today six people are hurt when a crane caught fire and then collapsed into a new york city street uh during the morning commute the video footage of it is pretty incredible uh it's in uh it's on uh 10th avenue west 41st and 42nd streets in hell's kitchen in nyc and if you've never been to manhattan you're like so but it's like 50 stories up. And, uh, you know, I remember when working in Manhattan, and anything that's going on up above you, unless you're a tourist, you don't care. I mean, how do you tell a tourist in Manhattan? They're all looking up. The rest of the people, we got places to go. We got things to do. But uh, just incredible. So it's 50 stories up. And we saw the footage of it crashing into the a building across the way. And then it came crashing down into the street. So only six people are hurt. That's pretty incredible. So the top part of the crane, the boom, and the 16-ton load crashed to the ground. <laughs> uh, wow. So the crane was lifting 16 tons of concrete when the fire started. The crane operator saw the fire, tried to extinguish it, only he couldn't do it because he's a loser crane operator and couldn't get the fire out and got overwhelmed by the fire, the wuss, and then got the hell out of there. So, I mean, he's safe now. And he made it. He, thankfully, he made it out of there, okay? No cause for concern to people down on the street, 50 stories below. But uh, then, uh, so he, then, uh, above the roof line, there's a beam that goes out. And that carries the weight, which came crashing down. Incredible. So then they showed the video of the footage of the firemen on another building that's up they were up probably up about 70 stories if that was 50 stories and they're you know they've got the hose shooting across the way trying to put the fire out and, and the wind is blowing and stuff and i was thinking remember the other day we talked about the drones fighting fires now i don't know if they have enough hose for drones to go up 50 stories probably not today but they should have and the, that's a time when you want to use drones fly them up there and get that thing out instead of firemen being you know two blocks over trying to shoot water across the way during the wind use the drones to put that thing out uh, amazing and so uh, you know who, i mean they've got things shut down and there were six people hurt i'll tell you what if you were walking in the area at all ow 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 i just got hit by a little piece of metal i mean you need to look at this you can see you can barely see where i got hit but it's right there i need to get checked out right away and i mean you're gonna want to get your cut might be a little late now you should have acted right then though (laughs) or or it might not be a little bit still morning just go to the emergency room right now said i don't want to say anything 
but I was walking down, you know, 41st Street in Hell's Kitchen this morning, and uh, I think I got like a piece of metal or something in my eye when that crane crashed. I didn't think anything happened, but take a look. You see that? Anything in there? I know. I can, I, everything's kind of blurry in my eye now. Look at this. Look at it. It looks fine, Jeff. No, no, no. Look at it. Look at this. It looks like I was walking down. I, I don't know if it's from the crane or not. I was walking down the street. <laughs> but I see an interview. I don't even know what he was saying. They've got some worker that was walking on the street. And he's ta- the caption is, uh, Iron Worker talks about what happened, what was going on prior to the crane crash. It was another morning in New York City. What's going on before the crane crash? Well... Uh, it was a sunny day. People were walking to and fro. And the next thing you know, I saw a lady with a crane up her ass. Oh, oh, okay. I mean, come on. What do you mean what was going on before? I just, uh, I can't. I can't. This is what it is. I can't. No, seriously, I can't anymore. I just, uh, you know what? Let's just, let's wish people some birthdays, okay? Mick Jagger, 80 years old today. Mick Jagger. 80 years old today. There was a we. I played a video this morning on uh, Pat Gray Unleashed uh, during my uh, Chewing the Fat segment, which I do uh, every Wednesday morning on Pat Gray Unleashed, uh, Chewing the Fat. Uh, there was a montage of Jagger from uh, young to old, and uh, you can see what kind of deal he made with the devil. Uh, okay, so I mean, it's, it's there. But I was also looking at it, Kevin Spacey's birthday today. Amazing. He's 64 today, and he's found not guilty on all charges at a courtroom in London. I mean, happy freaking birthday. What more do you want, Kev? Okay. Well, you want oh, hundreds of millions of dollars and your, your pride back? Yeah, I, uh, don't worry about that. You'll get that back. <laughs> uh, I see where it's, uh, oh, wow. Helen Murren is 78. Oof. Oof. Okay. Uh, you have, uh, oh, what's her face? Kate Beckinsale turns 50. 50! Kate. Uh, I don't want to be the one to tell you, baby, but a little long in the tooth. Okay, so I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not saying that. I just that's what I heard that from other, from other people about, you know, people that turn fifty. I'm not saying that though. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> uh, Sandra Bullock, fifty-nine. Today's a big birthday day, July twenty-sixth. Okay. If you're listening live, today is the 26th of July, 2023. It's big birthday day. Sandra Bullock turns 59. Actor Jeremy Piven turns 58. Jason Statham turns 56. Wow. Uh, Big day. Big day in the old birthday cake world. So happy birthday to all the the people who were born on today. That's the way it works. Whether I named you or not, happy freaking birthday. All right, let's go to the break room. I need something cold to drink. Desperately. Okay, so nobody won the Mega Millions last night. So the Mega Millions now, quick little lotto update for you. Uh, The Mega Millions now will be drawn on Friday, the next drawing, $910 million. $464.2 million cash payout. And the Powerball... 41 million. I mean, I hate to even see it up on the billboard, to be honest with you, but 41 million and 21.2 million cash payout. <laughs> and I see where nobody's nobody has picked up the billion from California. Remember, they had the lady that showed up at the, the bodega. And uh, I guess it's not a bodega in LA, is it? Anyway, they sh- she showed up at the shop and was crying and had everybody all happy that she was the winner and then got out of there before she they realized she really doesn't have a ticket and she never comes in the store ever. I've never seen her before. Oh, she's just make believe. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, that's incredible. She wanted all the footage. She got it though. She got what she wanted out of it. So it was awesome. And then I see where, uh, they talked about the winner of the $2 billion lotto in California that Edwin Castro won. And he's being spotted. They have him spotted around town. So he's being hawked by TMZ everywhere he goes. And uh, he's driving around in his vintage $250,000 Porsche. Good for him. Good for him. He's ducking in and out. They've got him coming out of the bank with an envelope full of cash. What else are you going to do? He just won $2 billion. 
30 uh, year old Californian. He, you know, can you at 30 taking the cash payout like he did, right? I mean, he took the cash payout, which was, I think, under a billion, right? It was a two billion jackpot. And so he got like 970 some million, something like that, which isn't bad. I mean, I'm willing, I would accept the check. I'll just, let's be clear about that. Yeah, 997.6 million was the cash payout. Holy cow. My gosh. That would be, just let's pause for a second, just a moment, and just think about receiving $997.6 million. <sighs> okay, so now it's apparently he's invested in real estate, uh, and he's bought two multi-million dollar homes in California. You may want to slow down, Ed. All right, just uh, calm down. That $997 million it's a lot of money right now, but you start spending $25.5 million on homes, the upkeep doesn't stop. That's expensive. I know. I know it's $900 million. I got it. I got it. But So he has a Hollywood Hills residence that's five bedrooms, seven baths, 13,500 square feet of living space. Okay, that's not bad. I, I'm not... That's, I mean, anyone could live in that place like that. It's got, you know, game room, wine cellar, movie theater, bar, infinity pool, spa, fitness studio, hot and cold plunges. Okay. And then he has his other home in uh, Altadena, which is just a short distance from the gas station. Yeah, where he per- par- purchased the Powerball ticket. So, all right, he, uh, you know, he's still keeping that place. I don't know why he wants to keep that dump. Probably just a reminder. He can drive by there every once in a while. Yeah, I used to live there. He might be back there if he keeps spending $25 million on homes. You never know. So, uh, and that's just a little Japanese-style pad built back in 1953. So, I mean, it's fine. And it's got enough money to fix it up. I would say remodel that bad boy and keep that as the, you know, the safe house for sure. <laughs> but he's in a little bit of trouble, which is kind of surprising. Um uh he he's up against a guy who says hey uh that ticket was mine uh i bought that ticket and uh he's now suing castro and his former landlord reggie romero who he claims stole his ticket and told him it was a loser okay so uh, they've both obviously denied it and the California lottery officials, I mean, they've already paid it out. So they are like, I know we're, we're fairly confident it's Castro's ticket. Uh, and so good luck. Good luck. for You know what? It's mine. He told me I lost too. Uh, good luck. I mean, I, I don't know. How, if they've, they've got to have timestamps. Obviously, the lotto has timestamps. They have video of when you purchase the tickets. Give me a break. I mean, that's, that's a tough fight to, get, to have right there but yet he's still having to have it so just all i'm saying ed is congratulations and good for you and uh, you know if you need anybody to do any advertising for you or anything like that join the fat at the blaze.com is the email address you can reach out anytime you can hit me up on uh twitter or x uh, at jeffy jfr facebook and instagram is jeff fisher radio uh, if you need somebody, you know, if you want me to send a cameo to one of your friends or something for the heck of it, just to hang out, you know, maybe send a cameo to, uh, what's his face, Jose, who says, uh, that you stole the ticket from him. I'll send him a cameo. Hey, no way, Jose. And that'll be my cameo for him. No problem. Just log on to cameo at Jeffy JFR. I'll do it for you. Don't worry about it. It's all good. You can follow me on YouTube, uh, chewing the fat with Jeff Fisher on YouTube. And you can always, as I said, email chewingthefat at theblaze.com. And for those of you, like me, that thought, uh, he can't, Elon can't change Twitter, right? He's not changing Twitter. Uh, this whole X thing. I mean, it's a cute little thing, but it's not going to be X. It's going to be Twitter. Twitter's a brand. I mean, Twitter is a, it's a brand. It's be part of the fabric of America and the world. Uh, Elon doesn't care. And, you know, he's the richest guy on the planet, so maybe he knows what he's doing. Maybe he's got other ideas. I don't know. He talked about how uh, 
he did talk about the rebranding of Twitter and how he plans to create an everything app. So, you know, Twitter was acquired by X Corp, uh, both to ensure, you know, freedom of speech and as an accelerant for X, the everything app. It's simply not a company renaming itself, but doing the same thing. Oh, okay. Twitter, the Twitter made this Elon uh, message. The Twitter name made sense when it was just 140 character messages going back and forth like birds tweeting. But now, get it? Twitter tweeting like birds tweeting? (laughs) I never thought of that. Uh, But now you can post almost anything, including several hours of video. In the months to come, we will add comprehensive communications and the ability to conduct your entire financial world. The Twitter name does not make sense in that context, so we must bid adieu to the bird. Huh? Okay. And when I talked the other day about uh, when they launched it Sunday night, they had the big X on the side of the building, and I said that that's just it's not going to happen because the Twitter sign on the building was still there with the little bird and the Twitter and everything was still hanging on the side of the building. Well, Elon was went to start to take it down. I saw the videos of the machines starting to take it down, although that had to be stopped because he didn't have a permit. He didn't have the right permits in California. Here's the, the, when the guy came up and said, stop that right now. Just keep going. Don't, don't look down. You know, pre- don't be the sad crane operator that can't put out a fire just keep going all right by the time you knock that thing down and take it off the building whatever you, I mean, i'm sure elon wants to save it i mean the world would like to have that sign anybody would want that in the corner of their bedroom dude you got the twitter sign <laughs> yep i was walking by the building and there it was in the trash can <sighs> and i thought oh man that man if it lights up that would be cool. And it does. Look, I plugged it in. It's cool, man. So it's kind of, it's kind of big in here. It makes it kind of bright. I mean, I didn't think it was going to be that big, but it's kind of cool. So whatever. If he gets rid of Right. If he gets rid of the X, I'm going to get that too because... That probably won't light up as bright as this, and it'll make it a little bit darker in here. I mean, come on. So just keep going. No, they made him stop. They made him stop. Uh, you don't have the proper permit. Okay. All right. That's proof positive what's wrong with California right there. Oh, and I see where my man, my main man, you know him, you love him, uh, Johnny Depp. Uh he was found passed out in a hotel room, and uh, the show was canceled. So he's back to his old ways like to see it <laughs> he was in a hungarian hotel and uh they came in and he was passed out so just went ahead and canceled the show and uh we don't worry about it. i don't know what show he was doing in hungary that's interesting oh so it was depp's band that was there uh performing in uh their budapest concert yeah i'm not gonna be able to make that tonight <laughs> he didn't even say that uh, he's just, hey, somebody go get John. John. Johnny. All right, cancel the show. He's not moving. Is he still alive? Yeah, he's breathing. All right, yeah, we're not doing the show. Move on. Uh, don't include, put the hang, make sure you hang the do not disturb on the doorknob. And uh, yeah, we'll leave him be. All right, take care. Get somebody in to clean this crap up, too. It's a little messy. Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. I'm in a period of emotional people. Is that all the, oh, I don't care crap? A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm going to steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. 
Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Terramont Plus. So all day today, I've been singing I Left My Heart in San Francisco. I don't, you know, it's just like, I left my heart. And I was trying to think, how did I get here? I don't know where it came from. I didn't do a Tony Bennett story uh, for a couple of days. You know, it's been a couple of days since the Who Died Today. It's been uh, several days since he actually died. So, you know, I'm trying to how to get there. Then I see this story and I think that's how I got to, I left my heart in San Francisco. So the story was sent to me at about 3 a.m. this morning. And it's about a Brazilian man who is now the girlfriend with the girl that he mugged. Okay, so she fell in love with the man who mugged me. (laughs) The headline is, I fell in love with the man who mugged me. He stole my phone and then my heart. I loved my heart. (laughs) You took my heart when you took my purse. And so that's how we get to, I left my heart in San Francisco. So a woman, uh, apparently, according to this story, the criminal uh, took the woman's phone, but after, uh, after perusing her photos, so the guy stole her phone, started looking at the photos and was like, oh yeah, hello. Uh, take care of a little bit. So uh, you don't see a brunette like that every day, I believe is the quote. Oh, yeah. So then he, it says here, well, then he managed to contact her. I wonder how he did that. I don't know. <laughs> That's why I can't. That's why a lot of times I just, I just, I can't. Okay. So, uh, and the forgiving woman identified only as Emanuela. Uh, then reportedly became charmed by the mugger. And the pair has just celebrated two years of blissful happiness. <laughs> I fell in love with the man that mugged me. <laughs> I left my heart in a Brazilian mugger's town. I don't know. I don't, this is how I got it in my head. Anyway, all right. Who died today? Let's let's move on from my stupid, I left my heart in San Francisco. Who died today? Pamela Blair. Pamela Blair. 73. You'd know her if you saw her. Uh, All my children, a chorus line. Pamela Blair. When you look at her, you go, oh, yeah, her. She is dead at the age of 73. She had a lengthy illness at her home in Phoenix, Oh, man, maybe she died of the heat. Uh, she might be one of the heat deaths in Phoenix. I mean, they claim she had a lengthy illness, but I mean, okay, all right. So anyway, uh, Pamela Blair, dead at the age of 73. And remember we found the bodies in the mountains, uh, the mummified bodies in Colorado? We talked about them. They were out, uh, hikers found the mummified bodies and they were talking about they had been out there for a while and we didn't weren't sure who they were what was going on well they have now been identified they have two sisters and a teen boy were planning to live off the grid perhaps if you're planning on living off the grid you ought to know how I have a couple of I have a little bit of a plan we're just going to go off into the mountains and live it's, it's tough uh, it's tough so Christine Vance Rebecca Vance and Rebecca's 14 year old son uh, Christine was 41 Rebecca was 42 and uh, her son 14 a uh, thousand feet from a site they found uh, you know this campground in uh, Gold Creek and they started hiking in July of 2022 and they, you know, they didn't, weren't found for another year. But a family member said, oh, yeah, they were planning to go and live off the grid. Uh, okay. All right. <laughs> Maybe no one said, hey, why don't you hold up a little bit? Okay. Maybe you ought to bring a tent 
Uh, maybe a blanket. Uh, maybe some extra food. I know, maybe a weapon, you know, to kill food. Is that, that's how it works. There's no Walmart on the hiker's trail in Colorado. But, oh, that's right, you were going off the grid. All right. Okay. All right. Fine. Whatever. I get it. Then we have, uh, oh, we got a couple of American Airlines stories today. Holy cow. Okay. So the death on the tarmac in Austin, Texas. Okay. An American Airlines worker uh, who died there ruled uh, to have been a horrific accident. But originally, they tried to blame it on a suicide for this guy. Okay. Uh, Ingram, 37. Uh, Mikkel Ingram. Uh, was a fleet service agent. He was driving an aircraft towing vehicle, you know, the tug, and he was on the tarmac at uh, the Austin Bergstrom International Airport, which is, I mean, beautiful this time of year, and crashed it into a jet bridge. And if you know the airport, it's right there by near gate 424 at the uh, Barbara Jordan Terminal. Duh. And so he crashed in. Now, he was pronounced dead around 15 minutes after authorities arrived on the scene. Well... Okay, so oh, I don't know. He's over there. I oh, will try to revive him. Oh no, he's dead. Okay, so during the incident, a corporate investigator hired by American Airlines was like, "Oh, you know, it could have been a suicide." Oh, okay. Well, well that means something different. Well, it wouldn't be liable. You know, it was a suicide, and so. Uh, <laughs> Uh, apparently they had obtained information indicating that the fatal incident, uh, was a suicide and not an accident. That's what he was trying to, you know, hawk to the police. Not so fast, uh, because, uh, now the, they're saying, uh, one witness said, uh, I saw him on the tug. It was driving. Then it sped up. Uh, well, the witness said accelerated faster than normal and then veered to the right before the fatal fatal collision. Other ground agents yelled at him to hit the brakes, and he was like, uh, I, don't know, I got no brakes, bro. I don't know. You, can, you can yell at me all you want. I got no brakes, okay? And so the crash left him pinned between the vehicle and the underside of the jet bridge. You don't want to do that. That's uh, uh, suboptimal. So uh, the medical examiner determined that he died as a result of blunt force injuries. He did not have any drugs or alcohol in his system at the time of the crash. And there was an anonymous source who told them, hey, um, I work for American Airlines. Uh, You can't say who this is or anything. But uh, that particular tug has been marked out of service numerous times for failed brakes and stuff. And it's had several mechanical issues. Um, Why don't you just check the maintenance report on that thing? Because uh, it's had a bunch of mechanical failures, okay? Oh, does that make it a suicide? Or does it mean it was an accident that could have been avoided had there been routine maintenance on the vehicle at the airport? So it wasn't a suicide. Huh. Huh. Then the other American Airlines story. Oh, where is that stupid? We did this story this morning on Pat Unleashed. I'm so furious. I, 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 I can't believe this actually happened. I can't believe it actually happened. So the story, there has to be more to the story. There has to be more to the story. An American Airlines plane returned to the airport after it had departed. After a passenger on board called a, the flight attendant a waiter. <laughs> now let's be honest okay they are sky waitresses or sky waiters that's what they do all right you can pretend that you're whatever you want to pretend you are but that's what you are okay you're sky waitresses or waiters so the flight bound for georgetown guyana from new york city's jfk international going across the ocean two hours already into the flight turned around uh no thank you do you know how freaking pissed i would be you know if i had business dealings in guyana and i was traveling and left jfk oh my gosh i would be 
not very angry very angry i can't even express to you properly without using words that i shouldn't use how angry i would be so the passenger uh who told uh, now this is you know his side of the story joel gansam who uh said he's a guyanese cultural activist uh he shared his version of the events with the caption on the on a video saying what really went down i don't have this video i wish i did and that's fine i i I looked around i tried to find it and i couldn't find his version of events so if i find it i'll see if if he sounds believable to me but he said he was traveling a business class and uh denied that he was being disruptive claimed that the episode started when he asked the flight attendant to help him put his bags in the overhead luggage compartment because he had recently undergone surgery which you know sounds reasonable and plus that's what they do they help people with their luggage and the overheads that's what they do we see it happening all the time and he was like i don't do that i don't get paid for that yeah you kind of do you kind of do and he also added that another employee apologized for that douchebag and said uh, he didn't call uh, he didn't call him a douchebag i did he said i apologized and then helped him so the other employees know what a douchebag this guy is so if they know that he's a douchebag why didn't they say look the guy isn't being disruptive and the pilot believed him and turned him around i mean this is a this is a douche on douche crime well wait no that mean kitchen would be a douche crime i'm talking about the pilot and the the flight waiter Ugh. so the flight attendant uh who you know refused to help him about an hour into the flight asked me if i wanted anything to drink i said no thank you waiter (laughs) Uh, he claimed that the flight attendant told him he wasn't a waiter but had the power to turn the plane around gansom said you must be god if so do it and now the pilot announced over the loudspeaker that the plane was returning to New York and he was met by a police officer uh, when, the, when they landed at, the, at JFK. And Ingram, this guy, Gansom, says that uh, he wasn't disruptive. The, once they took him into custody at JFK, they let him go. Okay, so this can't, this, I mean, it just can't be true. Right, I mean, this can't be the, the it can't be the sky a sky waiter or waitress. That's what they do. They help people with their luggage and they serve drinks. Whether and you 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 think you have the power, which they did. The pilot turned it turned it around. Amazing. Now maybe the pilot's like we're two hours in. We got another. How long does it take to get to Guyana? I mean, I don't know the I don't know the flight path to Guyana. Probably should though. Yeah, it's five hours and four. I was, I almost, I was going to say six hours. It's not even six hours. Uh, you know, if you go direct, <laughs> if you got a layover, <laughs> you fly to fly to London first or something like that. But a direct flight. I mean, you're looking at, uh, you're looking at five hours and forty-one minutes. So you're two hours in, still less than half, but still two hours in, and you're turning around. The pilot must have had something to get to. Like, he wanted to go back home. He didn't want to fly to Guyana. Had to be. Had to be. What you guys need to do. Okay, I don't want to go to Guyana. I'm wanted in Guyana. I can't go to Guyana. So you need to create something to happen so that we have to turn this thing around. And it's got to happen before we're halfway there. So make it happen. And I'll turn this thing around. That's the only excuse. How does they, how does the douchebag come in and say he called me a waiter and being disruptive? We need to turn this around. Two hours into the flight across the Atlantic. Come on, American Airlines. You're agonizing. That is agonizing that you allow something like that. Because American Airlines, in the article, I mean they they this is their comment. American Airlines. It was turned around due to a disruptive customer. Safety and security are our top priorities, and we thank our customers for their understanding and our team members for their professionalism in managing a difficult situation. Right. 
Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Oh, we've got another big case to, today, too. We found out that Kevin Spacey was found not guilty on all charges in uh, in the London trial. Then we have Hunter Biden, uh, the son to the president of the United States, before a court in Delaware uh, working out his plea deal. Now, the judge was pissed at his attorneys for misrepresenting stuff. They'll probably get a slap on the hand for that and say, you know, yeah, we're sorry, Your Honor. We it wasn't we we didn't lie. It was a misunderstanding. We misrepresented, and they, you know they might get a fine and get hollered at, and then we'll go to the plea deal. Now the judge could say, no, I'm not going to accept the plea deal, and I mean Hunter Biden technically could say, uh, I don't want to accept the plea deal. <laughs> oh. Oh, that kills me when I see that banner across uh, stupid network television. Will Hunter Biden accept the plea deal? I don't know. What do you think? So we still are waiting to find out about that. The odds are uh, forever in your favor. Uh, Believe me, odds are forever in his favor. Judge, she's not going to go against the plea deal. Everybody's there. They've all agreed to it. Whether she thinks it's BS or not, they've all agreed to it. And she's going to say, uh, yeah, uh, you agreed to this plea deal. You agreed to this plea deal. And you have this amount of time and this amount of money to pay. You get fined because you misrepresented yourself. Are we good, Department of Justice? We're good. We're out. Have a nice day. And then Hunter could say, it's all been resolved. It's okay. It's all been resolved. Wasn't my Coke. I've already done this deal. We're good to go. Uh, you can't come after me anymore about any kind of gun deal or this form wasn't signed. We're all good and it's over. Have a nice day. Okay. Thank you. And that's the way it's going to end in Delaware today. It's my prediction anyway. Okay. So let's say you're a 21 year old and you have a 36 G bra and you're not with Hunter because he's in court. So you say, hey, I'm going to go to Drake's show at the Barclay Center in New York. And Drake's up on stage and you throw your bra up on stage. (laughs) And uh, there's all kinds of social media. And the one, my favorite post was locate this woman immediately. And Playboy did. Uh, Playboy reached out. And apparently, uh, you know, we know now that Playboy doesn't have their magazine anymore. They've switched to their OnlyFans style business model. And I guess, according to this, this 21-year-old wasn't a fan of OnlyFans. But I love this story. She wasn't gung-ho. Oh, really? Oh, that's funny. I got it. Uh, She wasn't gung-ho for OF. But uh, Playboy said, uh, hey... Why don't you come and hop on the Playboy bandwagon? And apparently she's accepted. So, okay. Uh, she's considering it. We'll see. I, you know, Drake probably took care of a little business after the show, too. Uh, call her up to stage. Uh, hey, Veronica Correa. How you doing? Just come on up here. You need your bra back? Well. See what we can do about that. That was Drake. Oh, and we found out uh, that UPS is not going to strike. That deal, they've made a settlement, apparently. I don't know that it's been ratified by the unions, but uh, the Teamsters Union said it has secured pay raises for UPS workers, averting what would have been, I mean, a huge strike. We can't have UPS striking. I'm sorry. That just can't happen. Well, I mean, obviously it could, but it just can't. Right, so I guess UPS has put thirty billion in new money on the table as a direct result of these negotiations. Now the contract sets a new standard in the labor movement and raises the bar for all workers, according to Sean O'Brien, the president of the Teamsters. Ugh. Under the tentative five-year agreement, 
Existing full and part-time UPS Teamsters will earn $2.75 more per hour this year and $7.50 more per hour over the length of the contract. doesn't say what the length of the contract is. Wages for existing part-timers will also be raised to no less than $21 per hour, effective immediately, according to the Teamsters statement. New part-time hires at UPS will start at 21 and advance to 23 dollars per hour it doesn't say anything about uh making sure that they're going to get ac in the trucks uh that was one of that was a big deal it doesn't say anything about whether they're going to get fans in the truck what i mean of course they said they would put ac in the trucks and that they would put fans in the trucks that didn't have it and so you quit your whining okay just deliver the products Uh, We can't have UPS going. Now, I will say this. As a person who should be running the USPS, uh, I should be on the board of governors. At the very least, the postmaster general should be me. But the postmaster general answers to the board of governors, so I don't want to have to answer to anyone. But I've got a plan, and I could turn this thing around. So even if UPS goes out on strike, so. Uh, FedEx goes on strike, so. DHL goes on strike. So, got the United States Postal Service right here, right now. They haven't asked. So, what are you going to do? So, you don't want UPS striking. You don't want any of those companies striking. You know how much, man, the, the merchandise that gets moved by these companies is astronomical. I mean, UPS claims delivered an average of 24.3 million packages a day in 2022. It's amazing. It's incredible. I mean, it's just incredible. And so, I mean, there's so much that uh, depends on UPS that, you know, and other, I got it, FedEx, back off me, all right? I know you're part of the deal, DHL. I got it. But, uh, you know, it just can't, it can't shut down. And, and this is just going to drive FedEx and, and DHL and U- UPS. Does DHL even, even exist? I keep saying that, but I don't even know if they exist. I was trying to remember if I see a, a DHL truck anymore. But uh, maybe maybe they were absorbed by uh, FedEx or UPS. Yeah, okay. Yeah, all right. They still exist. Good. Okay, that's what I'm saying. All right. You guys need to step up. I, mean, I, need to, I need to see DHL pick up the pace a little bit. All right. Maybe you drop your prices and advertise you've got the cheapest prices then you can start moving some product just a thought from me though so now we're finding out a little bit more about the death of the obama's chef on martha's vineyard okay so it's a tragedy the man drowned he's got a wife he's got twin sons i mean it's horrible i don't wish that on anyone but you know, originally the Obamas were not anywhere to be found. They were not there at Martha's Vineyard. They weren't around. Um, well, it turns out now that the private chef, you know, Tafari Campbell, was on the island because Barack was there. Initially, the Obamas said they were not at home. Now their office has been forced to clarify that, well, we weren't on the island. We were, I mean, we were on the island. We just weren't at the residence. <laughs> so, first we, we weren't there. I mean, I, that, who called 911? Uh, we'd like need to hear that call. I'd like to hear who called 911. Was it one of the Obamas? I mean, we'll be able to tell. You know, you, it's either Barack at some point, you made too much money. Hey, we got a dead body. Or if it's Michelle, there's a dead body floating in the pond. Uh, you know, either one. You'd be able to tell who it is. And uh, so now it turns out that Barack was there. And they clarified, well, okay, all right, they were on the island. All right, they were on the island. But we weren't there. We weren't at the house when it happened. Holy cow. What is happening? This this actually could be something nefarious instead of an accident. I mean, there could have been something there where he was, uh, you know, there were reports that he was writing a book on the Obamas. 
Uh, I believe that if, you know if we're going to go there, then we've got to believe that you know he was having an affair with one of the Obamas. I don't know which one, uh, Michelle or or Barack, either one. Come here. Are you done cooking for the day? <laughs> uh, I mean, could, don't look at me like that. It could have happened. And so then maybe he was writing about it in the book, and you can't have that. I mean, that, oh my gosh, that would not, that's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. But if we find out more, and I need to break out the canon theme, and we have to have a full investigation on Operation Private Chef, uh, that has to happen. I mean, hello. Tonight's episode, Private Chef. I can't wait. Where's my canon theme? Yeah, baby. Come on. I might have to bring it back for this. For the Obamas, man. Yes. This is awesome. Cannon. Cannon. Tonight's episode. Starring William Conrad. Starring William Conrad. With guest stars, William Daniels. They're probably not going to make this episode. Lyndon Child. Yeah, he's, she's not going to make the episode either. Louise Troy. She's out. Alex Rocco. He's not going to make this episode either. Tonight's episode. Private no Chef. <laughs> Cannon. That's what's happening. I'm bringing that out. That is happening. If we find out more about this chef's death. Because uh, that is fascinating. No, we weren't anywhere around. Ah, okay, we were there. We, but we, were not, we were on the island, but we weren't at the house. Oh. Okay. What about this? Mr. and Mrs. Obama. Da, da, da. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.